0: Last night, I got myself all organized. I had this plan that I was going to go to the gym before church and have a nice workout. I had my clothes all set aside and my shoes done, and everything was ready to go. My notes were all done, completely organized. And then this morning came, and it was a Murphy's Law morning. Do you know what Murphy's Law is? I'm not going to fill you in on the details, but it was a Murphy's Law morning. Just about lost my salvation. I at least had to repent, Right? I had to get myself in the mindset that, well, to come to church and preach, to, to do my job, to let go of all of these negative emotions, the, the anger, the frustration. I mean, it was rough. It was a rough morning. It's a good thing I didn't curse God and die. And yet... Once I was able to take control of myself, to be the master of my own emotions and physical state, well, I just I just got here, didn't I? And everything's okay, right? So it's not as bad as I thought it was. It's pretty bad. But it's not as bad as I thought it was. It's definitely not something to lose your salvation over it's definitely something not to lose your mind just to just to not be cool and as soon as i made that shift i kind of got back into the same place that i was last night when i was all prepared once i made that decision of like okay you are going <laughs> you and the holy spirit are going to be the masters of this situation. It is not going to master you, you're going to master it. As soon as I did that, as soon as I put my mind, body, and soul in the position to be receptive, well, then it just kind of all came together. There, there's, there's power in the Holy Spirit Amen. To, to move you beyond your, your environment and beyond your circumstances. To, to help you for, to get from point A to point B, because I almost didn't physically get to point B. <laughs> you, know? you know, there is something very important about relying on the Holy Spirit to direct your path, to, to think for you, to act for you, to give you a plan, To give you a creative solution to what is bothering you. And if you don't submit yourself, if you don't will yourself into a posture of receiving the Holy Spirit to be your boss, well, then it just just stays sideways. You stay sideways. So that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at the art of the Holy Spirit. Art of the Holy Spirit. It is a strange topic. It is, it's, it was kind of a struggle for me to write this one because, well, it's just the Holy Spirit. Like that's a, it's kind of a wispy concept. It's like a, it's you know, it's not tangible. Jesus is tangible. At least God looks like he has like a beard and a face and lightning bolts. I mean, like at least we can have a concept of. We can visualize what a father looks like. We can visualize what Jesus looks like. But visualizing what the Holy Spirit, who the Holy Spirit is, well, that, that one's a bit, that's tough. And it has challenged artists from the very beginning. But they've tried, and I want to encourage you to try to visualize the Holy Spirit in you and filling you. Yeah? I want you to visualize the Holy Spirit filling you where where you can see it. You can just see it. You can just sense the Holy Spirit doing more, exponentially more inside of you. And it's, look, there's no manual. I, I can't I'm going to give you some stuff, but there's no way that we can really just say this is how you do it. I do have some things to say that this is probably the best way to approach it. But the whole your whole life will change if you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. There's a, a book I'm reading right now. It's called James by James Nestor, and it's called Breathe. It's not a Christian book. It's a scientific, medical search, research type of book. And it is looking into the research of breath, on how to breathe properly. And again, it is a weird, wispy concept. It's like, well, I breathe every day, Josh. What, I, why do we need to read a book, and why should there be a science on how to breathe? Well, what we are uncovering in modern science is that we are all breathing wrong. We all just take it for granted. We're all a bunch of mouth breathers. And it's bad for you. It's bad for you to be mouth breathers. Physically, emotionally, psychologically, we're all breathing wrong. And in short, what the book is saying is is that we have taken our breath Granite, and because we're breathing wrong we're sleeping wrong we're snoring more uh, because we are not mindful about the breath that we breathe in because we're not mindful of it did you know that your breathing style is literally killing you and if you change the way that you breathe well then you're just going to live longer It affects longevity. If you change the way that you breathe, diseases don't even show up. They begin to go away just by the breath. If you change the way that you breathe, you will literally change the way that you think. And it's all scientifically proven. Isn't that bizarre? So we've been taking our just, we just, you know, we just sit around and we breathe. We watch Netflix, we open up our mouth. It's really bad for you. In short, start breathing through your nose. Read the book. It's it'll blow your mind. Quit breathing out of your mouth. Start breathing in through your nose. Alright, there's a funny thing about science, is that science has this incredible way of lining up with spiritual truths. Did you know, medically, when you begin to breathe in, if you inhale in through your nose, (laughs) this is going to sound like some weird woo-woo stuff, but if you breathe in gratitude and, and thankfulness and joy and hope, like just Medically, if you're just thinking that way when you're breathing in and if you exhale all your negativity and your toxicity and your self-centeredness and your anger, and if you just expel that, well, you just might not get cancer. (laughs) Medically. Now, this is a practice that the ancient Christians were doing before James Nestor figured it out. But they had a different substance. They had the substance of the Holy Spirit which they would breathe into their lungs and they would expel their sinful lives. Isn't that fascinating? So maybe next time, maybe now, when you are praying to the Lord, when you are in his presence, like literally breathe in the peace of God and expel all the toxicity, the negative thinking, your, your sin. Just get it out of your system. Just purge yourself. And just see what can happen. The Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit is, He is what we call the third member of the Holy Trinity. We have the Father God, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Jesus is God. He is completely connected to God, and yet he is his own individual. I think that we get that. The same principle applies to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is his own person, its own thing, and yet it is one with God. I don't have time to try to explain Trinitarian theology. If I did, I would confuse myself and you along with me. But that's the amazing part about God, is that he is not meant to be understood. We can't put him in a box. But I know, deep down inside, even though I can't articulate and explain it logically, I know that Trinity is true. Amen? Amen. Like, it might not make sense to my logical mind, but in my spirit, it makes complete sense. Like, I totally get it. Father God, Holy Spirit. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I totally get it. I wish I could explain it to you better, but I can't. But I get it. You know why I get it? It's because I've experienced it. I've experienced the love of the Father. I have experienced the sacrificial love of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of my sins. And I've experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Even the Bible, the writers of the Bible, well, the Holy Spirit wrote the Bible, but it has a hard time, uh, again, describing what the Holy Spirit is. In the New Testament, the the Holy Spirit is symbolized by a dove. It's symbolized by tongues of fire. And it's also symbolized by a rushing wind from the day of Pentecost. We'll come back to that later. The very first person you should know, the very first person that the Spirit of God was put inside or actually literally breathed into was Adam. The Ruach of God, the breath of God, was breathed into that material body. I actually believe if that hadn't have happened... If the Holy Spirit hadn't have come into Adam's being, and if Adam wasn't in the image of God, like there would still be an Adam and Eve, they would just be like Neanderthals or something. They would have existed, they would have had souls, but they would not have had a spirit. You and I were all unique because we have the mark of God on us. We have the Spirit of God residing that is activated in our spirit. Our spirit and the Holy Spirit. Like they're in a dance, and there's an art to this dance. So, Adam's the first one to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And even from day one, you know, we see God talking to Adam, and then we see God get relational with everybody else in the Bible. He gets relational with Cain, talks to Cain, he talks to Noah, he talks to Abraham. He talks to Isaac. He talks to Jacob. So God is continually, you know, communicating to his people. He's communicating to his children. The Bible does not say that Noah had the Spirit of God in him. The Bible does not say that Abraham was was filled with the Spirit. Do you know? I mean, they might have been. I'm just saying that the Scriptures don't tell us. They might have been. Clearly, they had a relationship with God, but we don't know for a fact that the Spirit of God or the Holy Spirit was dwelling inside of them. But you know what's fascinating? In the Old Testament, there is a person who is filled with the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about him. Prior to that, there was another individual... In whom the spirit of God was recognized in, and I, I'm, I'll make a distinction on this, and hopefully you'll understand it. You guys know, remember the story of Joseph and the technicolor dream coat? Joseph, who had these visions and dreams of the future who was put in a dark pit, left for dead, and yet God had another plan. Joseph, who who was rescued and then mentored and then stabbed in the back and then put into jail, and then yet God had another plan to pull him out of captivity and put him into a place of honor. Joseph, who, which is, I mean, for us Americans it is possible for every single American to go from the lowest of low and to become the richest of rich. Like, it's doable in our culture. Anybody can do it. So if you're young enough, put your mind to it, you can, you can go from having nothing to having everything. That's what our, our country is able to do. In ancient Egypt, that doesn't happen, ever, ever. The lowest of the low, prisoners, the scum of the earth, they don't ascend. They don't rise through the ranks. They don't step into places of honor. But Joseph does. He becomes the viceroy of all Egypt eventually. He becomes the number two man. How in the world? Okay, so obviously God's talking to Joseph, but I think that there's a key to this, as we can see in Genesis 41, 38. Now, This is not God declaring this. This is not one of Joseph's brothers, or this isn't Jacob saying this to his son. This is Pharaoh. This is an evil man. This is a pagan that is recognizing something different about Joseph. The Pharaoh says, for Joseph we can can we find anyone like this man can we find anyone like this man one in whom is the spirit of god a pagan recognizes the spirit of god inside of joseph isn't that amazing I think I want to get to that point where people on the the street can recognize the Spirit of God inside of me. He has the Spirit of God in him. All right, I've got some really good news for you. Uh, So do you. You all, if you've stepped across that line of faith and accepted Jesus Christ into your heart for the forgiveness of your sins, you too are like Joseph and you have the Spirit of God inside of you. I think probably the biggest question is to what degree? But you got it. You have the Spirit of God deep inside of you. Now the next person in the scriptures that has the Spirit of God in him, it's it's framed out a little differently. This is Exodus 31. This is Moses. Transitioning from slavery into freedom, but yet they're in a desert season. Like, there's some work to be done. There's some purging that needs to take place. There's a lot of cranky, negative people that just frankly, they just need to go away. <laughs> then the Lord said to Moses See, I have chosen Beziel. Who in the world is Beziel? He's not one of the Bible heroes, is he? No, I don't know what he's done. I have chosen Beziel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, meaning he's a warrior, he's a fighter. Ready for this? And I have filled him with the Spirit, capital S, with the Spirit of God, with wisdom with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of crafts. Moreover, I have appointed, uh, I can't say those guys' names, uh, from the tribe of Dan to help him. Also, I have given the ability to all the skilled workers to make everything that I have commanded. And Beziel, I mean, he wasn't before. I mean, maybe he was a good little craftsman, but something completely changed. He was filled with the Holy Spirit to become a master craftsman, a master artist, There is a distinction I need to make between being filled like Beziel and having the Spirit of God like Joseph. There's a difference. You might want to write this down. Just because you have the Spirit of God residing in your heart does not mean that you are filled with the Spirit. There's a difference. Being filled with the Holy Spirit begins to expand everything in your sight. It gives you creative direction to make things that don't exist. A supernatural creativity that only comes from the Holy Spirit. Beziel begins to create and design what we call the tabernacle. It is the it's a portable tent shrine. It is the forerunner of the temple in Jerusalem. It is representative of the Garden of Eden. And Beziel, it would have been impossible for him to come up with these concepts within his own creative abilities. He was literally filled with the Holy Spirit. And so, when we talk about the art of the Holy Spirit, I can show you pictures. I can show you what the Holy Spirit created. All right, let's take a look at the first slide. That's the tabernacle. So, Beziel's first assignment was to become an architect He laid it all out. Moses gave him some general direction, and then Beziel just blew it out of the water. Like like these pictures, in my opinion, they don't do it justice. But that tent shrine was so cool. Like dark blue, I mean, not only was he an architect, not only did he put a, put this all together like pieces, um, but he was also, I don't know, what, who do you call a person that, that hangs drapes? An interior designer. He was also an interior designer. A drape hanger. A drape hanger. <laughs> if Peggy Ryder was here, she would tell me because that's what Peggy used to do. And even in the curtains, they wove in golden angels. Just attention to detail on every level. The clasp, the rings were all gold or bronze. The wood was the most precious wood that they could find. It was an architect. A really cool design. And it was functional. And they could take it apart piece by piece and move it somewhere else whenever the Holy Spirit directed them to go somewhere else. The architect. Next picture. He made these instruments for the worship of God. Uh, Aaron, the high priest, he made this really cool gold blessed breastplate with 12 jewels on it that symbolized the 12 tribes of Israel. A big giant menorah, the... Uh, the, the showbread seats and the, the bowls and the harps. I mean, just all kind, like all the little details, all the furnishings. Beziel created it, and probably one of his best pieces. The next couple, next slide. Okay, that's what the that's what the pieces look like. Somewhat, they probably would have been cooler. Lampstands and tables, the showbread table, incense. This is what he. Probably was famous for. So, so, literally, quite literally, the Holy Spirit created the Ark of the Covenant for Indiana Jones. Beziel didn't do it, the Holy Spirit did it. This is the art of the Holy Spirit creating things that, that go, did that you just go, wow? Holy Spirit created this. It's important. It's important to allow the Holy Spirit to creatively direct your life. It's important for me, as the pastor of this church, that, that we allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us, even in creativity. Do you guys know how blessed you are? We have a Beziel on staff. Yeah, we do. His name is Jim Ladujouche. He created this. I had some bright ideas, but Jim ran with it. Jim being filled with the Holy Spirit created a starship for the parade. And I saw the process. I saw the creative process begin to work. He's like, okay, we're going to do this concept. I'm like, all right. And In my mind, I'm like, that's kind of lame. But then he would trash it, and he would create something else. He just always moving, always active, always submitted to what the Holy Spirit was leading and guiding. He was filled with the Holy Spirit to make something that did not exist before and make something that's cool. Do you know what? You can do that too. Like, if you're stuck in a rut... Oh, my gosh, if life is boring, if you feel like there is no way out, those are lies from the enemy of God poisoning your mind, and there's an antidote for that lie that comes into your mind that says there's no solution, there's no way out, there's no hope. There's an antidote to that, and that is being filled with the Holy Spirit. I know you're already a believer. Don't be discouraged. Be filled. Don't be discouraged. Be filled. Allow the Holy Spirit to fill you up. Acts 2 All right. So we we throughout the Old Testament, we see certain individuals with the Spirit of God in them or even filled with the Holy Spirit. The next person that gets it is Joshua. It, according, I mean, it looks like Moses never had the filling of the Holy Spirit. Interesting, right? He had a very strong relationship. I mean, God was vibrating in him so much that light came out of his face. So that's pretty good. But again, just... Here and there, we see the Spirit of God inside of people. Joshua, a few others. Now, the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is that His Spirit, the Spirit of God, would be poured out upon all flesh to where... Maybe in the Old Testament from time to time, it was given to some specific individuals. But when Jesus leaves the planet, it is for everyone to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It is no longer a specific assignment for a specific person. The filling of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for everyone. Acts 2. The day of Pentecost came. This is after Jesus left. The disciples, well, they could have chosen fear, they could have chosen frustration, you know, their their savior just left, they're all alone, they're probably you know they could have they could have made the decision to be, you know, whiny and sad, but they didn't. But the very first time 120 people came together and they were of one accord. I mean, it doesn't say that in the gospels. You know, you got these 12 guys and they're arguing all the time about who's best. Like, well, who's number one? God loves them. Jesus loves them regardless. But something happened. They they said, you know what? We're not going to choose Murphy's Law. We are going to choose unity, and we're going to be faithful. We're going to be unified in prayer constantly. They're constantly in in a state of prayer. And because of that position, because of that mindset, 50 days later, Pentecost, 50, 50 days later, Holy Spirit pours out on his kids. When the day of Pentecost came, they were together in one place, and suddenly, like a blowing wind, right, we see this symbolism of the Holy Spirit blowing in, coming in, just just showing up, and maybe even just showing up unexpectedly. sound, like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came and rested on each of them. That's pretty cool. All of them were filled. Filled. It didn't say the Holy Spirit was in them. No, they were filled. 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 With the Holy Spirit. That's, again, that's a different thing. That's a different thing. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Okay, so now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment. Because each of them had their own language heard and was being spoken. Utterly amazed, they, they asked, Aren't all of these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that each of us hear from them in our own language? Parthians, Persians, Medes, uh, Elamites, for people from Iraq, uh, Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Europe, Pontus, and Asia. Egypt, parts of Libya, Africa. Visitors from Rome, Europe, people from all around the world came and they heard the gospel being preached in their own language, divinely spoken through people that did not know that language via the Holy Spirit. Unity, unity among cultures, unity among languages. even some Arabs in there. Oh, my goodness. We heard them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Now, some, however, made fun of them. It's okay. It's okay if people make fun of you. In fact, get used to it. (laughs) Just get used to it. It's okay. don't have to cry about it when somebody makes fun of you it's okay it's actually probably preferable if if, if you're not being made fun of you might not be doing it right (laughs) specifically in these days they said these people are crazy it doesn't say that i added that they've had too much wine and peter stood up among the eleven and raised his voice and addressed the crowd and basically he gives the gospel message And then he quotes Amos. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your men will see visions. Amen? Okay, let me say it again. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will see visions, and your young men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. Before they do so, they have to go to a prophecy conference And learn everything that they need to learn about this stuff. And spend lots of money. just, Just get a Bible and believe. Have faith. I will show wonders in heavens and signs on earth below. Blood and fire and billows of smoke. Sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood. Before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. It's amazing what a little bit of unity can do. It's amazing what a little bit of steadfastness and not giving up and and being consistent can do. Our faith is a grace faith. You can't earn your way to heaven. You can't be a good enough little boy or little girl to, to make God love you anymore. He loves you unconditionally. But... This filling of the Holy Spirit is of to degree. It is conditional. I want more of the Holy Spirit in me. I want to be filled more. I'm not quite sure where my level is. It's probably down here by my knees somewhere. And I want to be filled all the way up to the top of my head where it's bubbling over on everybody I see. That's the goal. But that type of influence is conditional. There is degree. This doesn't sound fair. It doesn't sound like I don't, what are you talking about? It's true. Okay. What is the Holy Spirit? That's the wrong question. Who is the Holy Spirit is the right question. We put the the on there. We shouldn't put the the on there. We should just make it Holy Spirit. He is, and we we use the the, the masculine gender, I don't know, just because, I don't know, we just do. Yeah. I'm going to get in trouble for saying this if some Bible thumper watches this online. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit is also referred to in the female gender. Wisdom. All right. It's a person. He's a person. Meaning that it's as if this ghostly, fiery, windy thing, the dove, let's put up our dove pictures real quick. That's Bernalini, St. Um, it's in the Vatican, the big cathedral in the Vatican. This one's famous. But we have the dove. That's the Holy Spirit. Another dove. So this would be the dove that was descending on Jesus when he was baptized. 15th century, 19th century dove. Flames of fire. Next one. The day of Pentecost. I mean, that's probably about as good as we can get when we imagine what was taking place. Tongues of fire resting on on those that were faithful and unified. Heaven literally opening up. Do I have any more? Okay, and then this is our graphic today. So this is a modern uh, prophetic art piece that frankly is probably the coolest thing that I could find that's modern. Point is, most of the art about the Holy Spirit Involves doves and fires and it's just I, well, if it was me, I would have gone with an eagle or a falcon or something awesome. But I don't know, God went with a dove for some reason. And I, I think the reason why it's, it's a dove, it symbolizes peace. It is in, it's in throughout the scriptures. One very strong characteristic of Jesus is, he is he's gentle. He is kind. You know, they, they symbolized by a dove for a reason because, because he's, he, he's, he's sweet. He's caring. He's not, any, he's not a condor. He doesn't want to scratch your eyes out. Holy Spirit, Thessalonians tells us, and Ephesians tells us, being visited and being filled by the Holy Spirit, it's it's conditional. This is the way that I'm reading the scriptures. It's conditional. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't quench the Holy Spirit, in short. Grieving the Holy Spirit is when you've got some stuff in you that the Holy Spirit doesn't like. Quenching the Holy Spirit is when you're a control freak and you want to control yourself, you want to control your family, and you even want to control God. Once you get into the mindset where you're bossing God around, have you ever done this? Have you ever tried to tell God what to do? It's a bad idea. I'm speaking from experience. Don't boss God around. You'll you'll quench the Holy Spirit. It's all about His timing. It's all about His will and what He wants to do. So those are, those are some conditions that we need to be mindful of when God wants to fill us with the Holy Spirit, but He can't. Everything needs to be in alignment in order for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, God can do whatever he wants to do. He can fill anybody he wants with the Holy Spirit at any given time. But for you and me that know better and that we have the Spirit of God living inside of us, and we want to increase in expression and power and glory and grace, we want to prophesy, we want to see heaven open up, we want to see the signs on the earth. I'm pretty sure it's conditional. Mind, body, soul, and spirit. We all have got to be healthy. You've got those four parts inside of you. Your body. What does the scripture say about what your body is? Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? So that tabernacle that I put up, that thing's gone. The temple's destroyed. Maybe it's going to come back someday. We're, We're planning on that. But until then... You are that tabernacle. You are that temple. And the Holy Spirit is dwelling inside of his temple, which is you. So, what is the condition and the state of your tabernacle? It's vacation season. Everybody's traveling. Everybody's uh, going on vacation, and you're staying in a hotel. Have you ever booked into a hotel? You thought it'd be a bright idea to save some money? And, and you check in, and the pictures of your room does not look like the pictures that were on the website. <laughs> Smells a little weird inside of your room. It's a lot smaller than the photos. You got some polyester bed cover that itches. <laughs> Late at night, there's some cucarachas that come out from the underneath the bed. Have you ever stayed in a place like that? Or is that just me? How long did you want to stay there? Ten minutes. You want to get out of there. That's a, that's a bad place to sleep. That's a bad place to stay. You don't, want to, you don't want to have coffee there. You don't want to invite your friends over. That's a really, it's a really shabby, it's a shabby tabernacle. You see where I'm going with this? So if your physical body is in the same state as a rundown motel, do you think that the Holy Spirit wants to come and hang out? I don't want to go in there. You don't want to go in there. Holy Spirit doesn't want to go in there either. So your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, but yet if you are treating it like an amusement park. You're eating and stuffing your face and you're being a glutton, not taking care of yourself, not exercising. Ain't I don't want to do it. You still got the spirit in there. It's just not that big. But you, by faith, can make that spirit big. Physically, you can get your physical body in shape. I guarantee you when you do. When you make wise decisions with what you put into your body, I guarantee you when you do, the Holy Spirit will show up in ways that you did not expect. You just think that you're feeling good because, you know, you're healthier. You're feeling good because the Spirit has got a place to hang out in. If your relationships are so toxic If you are so toxic, if you're completely consumed about yourself and your own little world, and if everybody is there as resources for your life, if you're controlling, if you're manipulating, if you're complaining, if you're griping, if you have more negative things to say than positive things, um, like I I, I don't want to hang out with you. Like I I'll just I I don't want to I don't want to invest my time with people that are going to drag me down. Neither does the Holy Spirit. Like if you're if you're really angry and sideways all the time, like. Okay, and think think about the, the Holy Spirit as a dove. You're, you're gonna scare it off. Yeah? you see how it's, it's like almost sensitive? Like there's an art to this. There's a double meaning between you know in, in the sermon title. There is the art of the Holy Spirit, you know, tabernacles and candlesticks and the Ark of the Covenant and doves and fire and wind and water. Like that's all the art of the Holy Spirit. But there is an art for you to connect to the Holy Spirit. Like you gotta you gotta get your soul in check. You have to say to yourself, oh no, I'm not gonna allow Murphy's law to dictate my emotional state or my relational state. I'm not gonna allow that to happen. And choose the higher path. How we interact with people, how we Think the thoughts that come into our heads. And even on a deeper level, what have you done with your spirit? With your spirit person like all life, all power, all nourishing comes from the Holy Spirit, interacts with our spirit, and transforms our life from the inside out, right? It is an inside job. The outside thing doesn't work. We've all tried that. It's failed. It is the inside out transformation that takes place. So have you aligned your spirit? Now, I'm not talking about emotions. I'm not talking about bad decisions. I'm not talking about, you know, Problems at work, attitudes, mindsets. I'm talking about your spirit. Have you allowed or have you gone into agreement with any dark spirit? Look, you're still saved. You still have the Holy Spirit in you. But if you have gone into agreement with an evil spirit... um. It's really hard to cohabitate there. The Holy Spirit can't cohabitate in your heart if you've allowed an evil spirit to come in. Why would anybody allow an evil spirit to come in? Well, I don't know. Because of power. Because of, it gives you a, an immediate hit and immediate answers to problems. If you've ever done a Ouija board, you have played around with the wrong spirits. If you've ever practiced witchcraft, You've played around with the wrong spirits, and you've got to get that out of your spirit. And until then, the Holy Spirit can't fill you. You have to be, you have to be delivered of spirits, evil spirits that have attached themselves to your spirit. Just wasn't planning on preaching on that, by the way. Just kind of came to me. Jesus Jesus was filled to the with the Holy Spirit. That's uh, a <laughs> there's some there's some theologians and pastors that, that don't believe that, but I don't know, I got the word of God here. Romans. Romans twelve three says Since we have Gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Okay, did you catch that? We have gifts, and they differ according to the grace given to us. Each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If it's prophecy, accordingly. Ready for this? If it's prophecy, and if it's any other spiritual gift, fill in the gap, healing, uh, signs, interpretations, discernment, whatever your gift is. You ready? Accordingly to the proportion of his faith. So, how do you get filled with the Holy Spirit? It is in accordance to the proportion of your faith. Where's your faith level right now? How do you please God? I'll, I'll tell you one way. You can please God by giving me lots of money. You can also please God by working really, really hard. You can also please God by beating yourself every time you sin. There's a number of ways that you can please God. Just work harder and be a better person. Okay, just I made all that up. None of that's true. There's only one way that you can please God, and that is through faith. So allow yourself to increase in faith. And then all the other stuff, all that negative stuff, it's going to start to burn off. It's going to start to melt away. The word grace, according to, you know, God gives us grace. The word grace, it's also where we get this idea in the Greek for the charismatic gifts. Is what the Spirit gives us. And what determines... It's measure acti- activity. The Bible answer, I believe, is to operate within the proportion of your faith. Faith is the governor of the Spirit. Did you catch that? Faith is the governor or the proportion of the Spirit that's inside of you. Faith determines the level, the measurement of the Spirit's activity. Jesus was limited in doing miracles in the towns of Bethsaida and Corazon because the faith levels in those cities was very low. Sometimes I feel like we're ministering in Bethsaida. It's okay. There's no other place I'd rather be. He could not do miracles there except by laying on his hands on a few people and heal them. And he was amazed of their lack of faith. Look, like, I don't want God to be amazed at my lack of faith. How about you? I want God to be amazed at other things, but not because of my lack of faith. John 3 38 says, This is John the Baptist speaking and seeing what is about to take place in Jesus. John the Baptist is, a, is an individual that says, You know what? Uh, I'm so blessed to be in this position, but I must decrease and he must increase. John recognized something very interesting. The man, he says this in uh, John 3, 34. The man whom God has sent, that's Jesus. The man whom God has sent, Messiah, Jesus, speaks God's message. After all, God gives him the spirit without limit. Without limit. There's nobody else that's had more of the Holy Spirit in them than Jesus Himself, and Jesus is God. I don't know how, it. I don't know how it works, but look, like, if Jesus was humbling Himself to be filled with the Holy Spirit, if Jesus was baptized in water and just to model it to us, and He's modeling being filled with the Holy Spirit to us. Like, don't you want that? Like, I don't want to just learn about the Holy Spirit. I want to interact with the Holy Spirit. I want it coming up inside of me. To what degree do you want? You want it at your toes, at your kneecaps, at your waist? You want to wade in, you know, waist deep? Or do you want to just take the plunge and go all the way in? I want to go all the way in. There is an art to it. Mind, body, soul, and spirit. And once those things are submitted, there's nothing that the Holy Spirit can't do Nothing that the Holy Spirit can't create in your situations. Amen? All right, let me get the band up. We've got some special things to do. Let's you grab your element. We're going to receive communion first. Do you know that this is a gift that God has given you, and he gives it freely? That is one reason why I love communion. Like, I've really drawn drawn an affection towards these moments. Because God is giving us something. He's giving him his whole self. It's kind of cute because we've got these little trinkets, right? This is not the degree that, that, that God is giving himself to us. He gives us his whole body. He gives us all of his blood. This isn't like a little tiny fraction. It's everything. This is the fullness of God. The fullness of God that you can receive. Receive the fullness of God. Receive the body of Christ for your provision. When you take in this provision, this will get your life in order. Like it really will. When you're in the body of Christ, when you receive his provision, it will get your life in order. All aspects of it. Receive the body of Christ and be in him. All of him. The fullness of being a transformed person is only by receiving the blood of Christ for the forgiveness of our sins. Fullness is in the new covenant, is in the cup. It gets you into a state of perfection. Perfection. If you are submitted and if you are repentant and if you said, God, forgive me of my sins, I I don't know what I'm doing, if you can do that in this moment, just take a moment to say, God, before I receive of this cup, I need to get myself right. I need to get my body right. I need to get my emotions right. I need to get my mind right. God, I need to get rid of those evil spirits. Allow the Holy Spirit just to wash over you right now. Like even feel the deliverance of oppression right now. Just feel the Holy Spirit beginning to recalibrate your mind to think like Jesus does. Just trust. Just have a little more faith than you did yesterday. Have a little more faith. You just need a little more faith. Believe that you will become a new creation at this very moment. Receive the blood of Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Thank you, Jesus. I am going to invite our youth ministry team up, so proud of our kids. They are going on a missions trip to San Diego in a few few minutes. So as soon as we're done praying for them, they're heading off, and they're going to do great things. They're all amazing kids. Mandy, come on up and bring bring your kids with you. Michael, too. They're all great kids. They've all got incredible gifts. They're going to do a, they're going to do a good job. But we're going to pray for them right now that they're filled with the spirit. Yeah. That they'd even do a spirit-filled job. These are these are our these are our kids. And they're going to be serving in powerful ways. If you're a parent, elder, pastor, and you want to come up and lay your hands on them, this is what church does. Come on up.
1: Youth kids, you're also welcome to come Yay. up and lay hands on your friends.
0: And will you disagree with me as, as we continue to invite the Holy Spirit in, in unity? Holy Spirit, come. And fill this place. Fill our hearts to overflowing. God, may your grace be sufficient for all of our needs. And may your grace be sufficient for these kids. Mm -hmm. I pray that you will give them the creative mind of Christ. That will see things in the spirit. That our young men and our young women will dream dreams. That are only from you. Mandy and Michael, will you continue the ministry time?
1: Lord, we thank you so much for each of these students who said yes to your call to serve the community of San Diego. and mm-hmm. just pray for each and every one of them that you are with them and that they experience you in a brand new way this week. Speak to them through nature, Through serving, through your people, God, through their peers, through music, speak to them in a new way, God. We just say thank you so much for their servants' hearts, and we ask for more of you in them, more of you and less of us, so that we can be your hands and feet.
0: Lord, we... uh so grateful for these students Lord stepping up and choosing to do this with their summer God we ask that you bless that Lord it's it's almost like it's kind of an open slate God for whatever you want to do this week God for for them for the people in the city God and we just ask for just for your will and for your works God and that that from beginning to end they are Fully a part of it, God. Yes, God. That they know deep in their hearts, God, that they are kingdom workers, Lord. That they are—they're doing Your work, God. Father, I pray, Lord, that that they just, yeah, that they just have that mindset the minute they step
1: out of the van. So, Father, we thank you. We ask for safe travels over all of us an amazing time with one another, Lord. We know that you have called each of us to go for a reason, Lord, so we just ask that you bless us and bless the people we're going to serve, Lord. We thank you so much for this opportunity, and thank you so much for a church that's so supportive and encouraging of us, Lord. So God, go with us, go before us, and go behind us, surround us with your peace and your protection. In your precious name we pray, amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Amen, amen. Aren't you proud of them? All right, so I have a little bit of a homework assignment. I want you to put their faces in your mind and put them on your prayer list this week and pray for them every day. Yeah, got it. Pray for them every day. Intercede. Pray that the Holy Spirit is moving in their lives directly. This is what church does. This is the Great Commission. The Great Commission is to go out into all the world, Jerusalem, Judea, and to the very ends of the earth. Our kids are, well, they're just going to Judea today. They're going to San Diego, and they're going to help and make a difference. But it is our desire that they go into all the world, too. That is the discipleship process inside of this church. It is a vision that Michael Jones and Mandy have that our kids, they just don't move from doing youth group and camp into the marketplace and then we just lose them. No, we're going to send them on assignment. This is, what this is what your church is doing. and This is what you invest in when you give back to the Lord with tithes and offerings. Can I have the ushers come to the front? We'll close with that. I know I spent a lot of time today talking about what and who the Holy Spirit is. I've done a lot of time describing how it moves and how it acts and what it can do in your life when you are submitted to it. There's A lot of things that I said that the Holy Spirit can do. I believe that you will have an encounter with the Holy Spirit this week. I've had encounters with the Holy I've been filled with the Holy Spirit right there, right there, right there. I've also been filled with the Holy Spirit driving to church. I've been filled with the Holy Spirit in my living room, my bedroom. Like, it, there is no place Look, you don't want to just learn about the Holy Spirit. You want to be in relationship with the Holy Spirit. Yeah? You want to be overflowing with Him. So just be submitted. Get yourself and your body and your mind right. Just allow God to work in your life this week. And it is my prayer that He shows up and baptizes you in unusual ways. Have faith. Believe. Believe. God, I pray you bless this offering. We give back to you with a grateful heart and a faithful heart. We thank you so much that we are involved in a church that sends. We're involved in a church that cares for the world. And may this offering be supernaturally blessed by the power of the Holy Spirit to advance the kingdom of heaven on earth. And the gates of hell will not prevail, even in a city like this that is a Bethsaida. God, we know that you healed in Bethsaida. You can heal here. You can do signs. You can do wonders. And so, God, we choose to invite you into our lives. We choose to be people of faith. God bless you guys as you give back to the Lord. So, so Paul's blessing to the Thessalonians goes like this. May God, the God of peace, that dove, that dove, may the God of peace sanctify you through and through. May your whole body, your tabernacle, your whole soul your your emotions, your relationship, your your issues your mind what you've been thinking about and your spirit, what you've gone in a relationship with, or agreement with May your whole body, soul, mind, and spirit, may they get better. May they become blameless until the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ who has this vision for you that his spirit will pour out upon all flesh. Until the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed. Be filled. Be faithful. Have hope. God has got a creative solution for your problem. You just need to be baptized in the Spirit to see it. Mm -hmm. God bless you guys.